Are you funny or did you have a good childhood? <laughs> I'm funny because I had a shit childhood. <laughs> Hello and welcome along to Straight Talking Mental Health. This is a weekly podcast where we explore mental health in a way that we can all understand. My name is Peter Dunn. My name is Alan Clark. And by listening in right now, you've just completed the first step to better mental health. You've got yourself a psychotherapist in Alan Clark. Well done, congratulations. <laughs> it's basically like driving along with a mechanic in the passenger seat. You know, you, you don't have to worry about the car breaking down because this lad is going to fix it. I'm not worried about it. I'm actually going to drive erratically just so he can fix this fucking thing. <laughs> if we break down, just to try yeah, it out, well, you know, test him. Uh, J-Lo said her love don't cost a thing my love don't cost a thing but my my skills certainly do you get them for free when you listen to the podcast so we want to tackle every aspect of life that affects our mental health from anxiety depression self-esteem suicide stress and loads loads more we want to get to the root causes we want to find out how we can deal with our mental health and the mental health of our friends and family so this week we're discussing the effects of lockdown coming out of lockdown and COVID-19 on our mental health. But first, last week we launched this podcast with three episodes. The first one gives you a little bit of background on ourselves, uh, how we know each other, and Alan's fascinating story to becoming a psychotherapist. Episode two discusses loneliness, how bad it can be for our physical and our mental well-being, and what we can do about it. Episode three uses the critically acclaimed TV series Normal People to discuss the mental health of our teenagers and our young adults. So let me say a big, big, big thank you to everyone who's with us on this journey so far. I've been completely blown away by the response so far. So those close to us who have listened to our our practice runs gave us their feedback. So those of you who have joined the Straight Talking Mental Health page on Facebook, shared our content, followed us on Instagram and Twitter, and not least those who have listened in from Ireland, from the UK, from Spain, from the USA, and loads more. So there's so many people out there that are just as passionate as us, and they want to break the stigma around mental health and get talking. So hopefully this can help you or help someone you know. Yeah, I have to say, I was surprised at the number of listeners from America when, when we checked the stats. Um, you know, I, we kind of think, well, we're in Ireland, people in Ireland will listen to this. Uh, I wonder what a lot of Yanks think when they listen to <laughs> two lads like us <laughs> can even understand us. What fucking language are they speaking? <laughs> Do you know what I love about American people? They're just so open, open and honest. And they will <laughs> yeah, tell yeah. you straight yeah, out, yeah, you yeah. know, if they're yeah. having difficulties or um, how to deal with their mental health, while Irish people are like, I'm all right. I don't need to tell yeah, you anything because yeah. you might use it against me or something, you know. So I'm mm, just going mm, to, mm. I'm going to sit back here. But I think we all need to open up a little bit more, and especially yeah, nowadays. So. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how I wrote, I wrote a short film that I wrote years ago and acted in, and then turned into a play. Uh, one of the characters says, um, "You ever been in a restaurant? You sit there with your girlfriend, complain about how bad the food is, but when the waiter comes over and says, is everything okay?' You'll sit there and smile and go, "Oh yeah, thanks very much." And then you're sitting there going, "They're not fucking getting a tip." <laughs> Pure Irish passive aggressiveness. <laughs> because as Irish people, we know if we complain, they're going to spit in your food, and there's nothing you yeah, can do about yeah. it. Even if <laughs> they do bring it back out to you, you'll look at it and go, "Oh no, I don't know about that." I don't yeah. Know about that. yeah. I think it's that fear of confrontation. Oh, God, I don't want to be causing a fuss. Exactly. You shouldn't be causing a fuss. It's your food that you're paying for. Once I had to send food, actually, no, twice I had to send food back. Once I cut into the chicken and I could see the raw jelly in the middle of it. 
And this was in a very medium rare chicken. Oh, stop. (laughs) But the other one was um, Elephant and Castle in Temple Bar. Temple Bar. Yeah. I was eating a burger. And what did I find on top of the, the salad? Uh-huh. A caterpillar. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that it was fresh salad? It was. Go. It was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from the garden. <laughs> but it, the great thing was, I didn't like the burger, and I was looking at the guy's wings beside me. Got fuck, should have ordered wings. And you then when I found this, you didn't and get wings in Elephant and Castle. Jesus, no, exactly. There, there's a fucking rookie mistake, anyway. Oh, well, look, I'm a culty. What do you expect? <laughs> I went, I went, then went, burger. I want a burger. I want a burger. Burger. Just burger. Bacon and cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> I want a burger. <laughs> and uh, when I called your one over and I, I pointed it out to her, and she go, oh, God, oh, I'm really sorry. And she said, do you want another burger or anything else? She said, I'll have the wings. Yeah. Bring me wings, so lovely. <laughs> Whole meal, free in the end. Lovely. Nice. That's I now keep a bag it. of That's caterpillars good. in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've been I've been blown away by the by the response, all the all the positive comments I've got, private messages I've got, messages we've got on the social media. Mm-hmm. It's been you know, it's been it's been amazing. A big shout out at the start to Mr. Lenny Abrahamson, acclaimed international director, our Irish, you know, some Irish talent, mm-hmm. who gave us a retweet around the around the episode of of Normal People. Fair play to him, you know, bringing bringing awareness to the mental health issues and and giving that retweet and you know sending that out to his to his big followers. Also, mm-hmm. a big big shout out, young Irish director called Lee Cronin is actually involved in the new Evil Dead movie and the reason I shout out Lee is because uh, I, I know Lee I acted in, a, in in some stuff he did in the past when he was starting out um, and to see him go from strength to strength and to get to that point in Hollywood you know fair play big wow. shout out to, big shout out to Lee so yeah and he worked going Lee could you do with an extra <laughs> like me? Uh, I see everyone jumping on them now going oh yeah oh, man yeah. if you need anyone if you need anyone fucking actors man <laughs> and I, I'm absolutely delighted for him brilliant brilliant stuff so uh, everybody who's with us on this journey so far, this is, has been absolutely incredible. Look, we want to do more. We want to help break the stigma. We want to help you improve your mental health. And um, I don't know about you, but this actually helps me as well, because I think it's a great thing to educate myself in mental mm. health, because I think we all suffer from mental health. Every single yeah, well, one of us, doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how perfect you are, you suffer from mental health. Yeah, well, we're all human. For me, it's just more work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're getting something out of it. <laughs> no, I love it. I have to say, I really enjoy it um, because it's a different thing. And one of the things I was I was adamant about when you know when we discussed doing this to start with was I didn't want to be on this as a psychotherapist. I wanted to be having a chat with my friend. I just happened to be a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. I didn't want yeah. it to be more work. You know, I wanted it to be laid back. I wanted to. You know, people listening in that, you know, it sounds like you're just listening to a couple of boys having a chat, having a bit of crack, and they just happen to be talking about mental health issues. Absolutely, yeah. I see one of the comments we got was uh, saying that it's great to see two lads talking about mental health and just talking straight about mental health, hence the title, mm-hmm. Straight Talking Mental Health. And hopefully it will help others to um, just express themselves a bit more, just talk, you know. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to have issues. Yeah, there's no point pretending otherwise. Absolutely. I think the, the other thing that struck me was as well was how many people contacted us saying how badly this is needed. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. that that common theme of this is needed. This is what we you know this this attitude toward it. This you know that I thought that that's that really struck me. Mm. And, and and we had said that you know I think we have a niche here. There's a, you know there's not there's not going to be anything like this out there. So yeah, you know, and to hear that uh, reflected back from the public after. 
because obviously we've been doing our dry runs we've we recorded the first three episodes so to get the to get the feedback on on what we've been doing has been a great experience so one one of the other comments we got so i got a i got a message going back to one of the pieces that you had mentioned on the episode on loneliness around how you could be living in a town for so long and everyone is still like oh jesus who's your man and you know who's that lad and who who's his father and and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing and and that 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 seemed to resonate i'll just read out the message that we got here um yep. so i won't i won't name out the town where she is obviously for privacy reasons but um she says i'm here since 2001 but i've never felt like i'm part of the town I had people i was friendly with but they are not friends i find it clannish i only made friends when i had the kids and they were mom friends so main thing in common are the kids the mom friends i've got closer to are the ones that are not from here she talks about her job and uh, living in the area uh, so she she misses she misses she misses home in dublin so i'm left in no man's land of not truly having the place of belonging no longer part of my hometown but not really part of here either horrible horrible being single somewhere like uh, like here to be honest most people are coupled up so socializing options are limited so i can guarantee i know for a fact from hearing other clients and that's that's not from a client that's a comment that we got in but i know from hearing from clients that that's that's a very common experience for people that have had to move towns and uh and it, and it certainly as we spoke about in uh in the episode of loneliness episode number two yeah. of having to move somewhere else and and the effect that that has on you it's something that never crossed my mind. You obviously mentioned it when the recession hit. The Dubs moved to Kildare. You know, mm. the Dubs moved to Westmead, moved mm. to Mead mm. as well, which kind of pushed people who wanted to buy further into the Midlands or mm. further out mm. to the west, mm. to the south. Mm. Yeah, like you're disconnected from your area. You're disconnected from your friends and family. That's a huge thing. And even mm. now, mm. when we can Skype somebody within seconds, or you can Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. It's still not the same. It's not the same as no. that close contact, that hanging around together and chatting away and uh, even calling around for a cup of tea or whatever, meeting in a pub for a mm. pint or a coffee in the cafe or something mm. or going mm. out for a meal. Nothing can come close to that. No. You know, as, as we talk about lockdown now on this episode, people will say, you know, that might have moved two, three counties over. Yeah. They can't see their family. Mm. For the people that are adhering to the travel, the travel limitations, you know, I, you know, I've had people that haven't seen their family in three months. Mm. You know, because they live in another county and they're, you know, they're they're trying to adhere to social distancing. Yeah. They're not trying to travel outside of the limitations. So, where does that leave people? Absolutely. I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth it for the bigger wage to move somewhere where you've no friends or family? Is it worth it to get the cheaper house in the end? Yeah, but what? Yeah, but what are you working for? You're only working to pay for the house. Absolutely. I remember was I remember someone telling me before, like, you know, they were working all these hours to pay for a house that they were never fucking in. Because <laughs> they're having yeah. to work the whole time to pay for the house. Yeah. You see it as well at uh, train stations. It's just heartbreaking to see parents mm. hand over kids to child minors. Kids still in their pyjamas. You know, literally handing them from one car to the other and then picking mm. them up from the train station on the way home. What's that? I mean, I think a lot of people are working from home now at the moment during lockdown. I hope that families will now see more value for staying at home and spending time Mm -hmm. together and just just being with each other, especially when you have smaller kids and they grow every like two, three days and you look at them and go, Mm -hmm. shit, you've changed. Your head grew. (laughs) 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 What do you mean them shoes don't fit you? Oh, shite. Hopefully people will see more that, hold on for a second, work-life balance is very important here. That's something we should Mm, should do mm. definitely down the line, uh, a podcast on work-life balance 
Um, yeah, yeah. Because you do yeah. get caught up in this bubble of work, 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 money, mm, career, mm, uh, mm. blah, blah, blah. We need to pay for this. We need the kids to have this, this, this. What's the point in the kids having it if they don't have your attention, they don't have your love, they don't have your time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing because, well, has anyone actually asked the kid, what do they want? No, mommy, no, daddy, I want you here. For me, um, when I was told to work from home full time, and mm. it was a novelty. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and out of bed, up to the desk, mm. sitting there in my boxer shorts, working away, happy <laughs> out. <laughs> you know? This is brilliant. Saving a fortune on diesel. My commute used mm. to be like about two and a half hours a day. You know, oh, there on back. Uh, a lot of time out the road and seeing the kids in the morning coming back just before they go to bed for a couple of days mm. a week. And mm. now I've gotten to see more of them. I thought to myself initially, oh, having the kids around all the time is going to be tough. And a balance work and everything and mm, mm. but you know i got a message recently to say you know we'll be going back into the office soon i was a bit heartbroken mm. it's the end of an era we got to spend loads of time together yeah. i've got to know the kids better they've got mm, to know me mm, better mm. you know they're here all the time we're going out for walks we're doing silly things like painting rocks <laughs> you know mm. things you would have <laughs> never done Games you would have played years ago when you were mm, young. Mm. And uh, it, it's it's a brilliant experience. But at the same time, I don't want it to end. You know, so yeah. there is a bit of sadness in coming out of lockdown. For me, anyways. And I suppose now with the easing of lockdown and taking baby steps into the new normal, as they call it. Um, oh, the fucking term. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had the two clients today going, I'm fucking sick of that term, the new normal. The new normal. <laughs> Why can't yeah. we just be back to normal, normal? Yeah. <laughs> Will we ever be back to normal? I don't know. And mm. this this has been a thing that, you know, and I've had this conversation with, with clients and I've had it in professional context as well of, you know, people asking the question, will, you know, will it ever go back to normal? You know, will we, will this change us forever? I think I think people will go back to normal soon okay. enough. Like, I, you know, I think the reason being is because we've lived this life pre-March every day of our life. You could just go into a shop. You could just do this. You could just do that. You could carry on. And I think, remember the first client I ever had in private practice? And she said to me, she said, oh, she says, I never forget something you said to me early on. And I'd seen it for a couple of years on, on and off and stuff. Um, Jesus Christ, as I say that, there's literally a message after popping up oh my god i'll just i'll just have a look at this literally a message from that individual is after oh, popping up on the facebook notifications um shit where's it gone and just had a just had to message you to listen to podcasts and congratulate you great pod, pod, podcast look forward to listening to the others well done to both of you wow <laughs> there's there's serendipity that's, uh, that is know, amazing absolutely yeah amazing. there's there's some there's some diamond yeah. wow. but she said something to me she said i'll never forget <laughs> something you said to me early on at the start and I was in my head going, oh, shit, what did I say? <laughs> she said, I'll never forget you said to me. She, you said, people are stupid, but a person can be smart. I was like, yeah, that's, I still hold true to that. <laughs> I, I think people as a collective are pretty stupid. But I think individuals can be very smart. Mm. And I don't know what way it's going to go. I don't know if this is going to change people forever. Is this going to change our lives forever? Is it going to change how we interact with people? I mean, you already see, I've been in a few shops and people social distance and got out the window. Like, you know, there's, there's people doing it. There's people not doing it. And that's that's been the way the, the whole time. Just as we were getting ready to record this, there was a gang of about 10 kids outside my window. Uh, not, not related, all different kids. And I was just like, yeah, well, you're the child of parents that have been uh, 
out socialising the whole time with, with their friends and having people over in the houses the whole time as we go along. So, mm. see the parents do it, you're going to do it. I mean, I, I've been fortunate in that, you know, thankfully I've been able to work throughout, you know, essential services, thankfully. Um, my office is in the town, it's a it's a 2K walk, so that, you know, I get a bit of exercise walking to and from. Um, but as someone that's been kind of caught up in the rat race of it all, it's been forced to work from home. Um, what's What was the hardest thing for you to, to adjust to in all of this? Uh, trying to balance the time with work and the kids. Because when the kids see you at home, you're at home. You know, you're there to be uh, played with. You're there for the crack. You're there to be, you know, making up games with them. And when they see you with the laptop, they don't care. (laughs) Because they still want your attention. Or they want to sit on your knee while you're working. Or they want to be hitting the buttons in front of you, you know. (laughs) And when you have a live radio station in front of you, and the kids want to hit buttons. It's not a good combination. <laughs> God knows what have, they, have they ever come in when you were doing when you're doing the show or anything? Have they ever? No. Um, but we've had a bit of crack by recording the kids. Mm. You know, I it, it was great because at one stage I said to Quiva, my uh, my eldest, she's only four. I said, right, come over here and record something into the mic for me. So we ended mm. up recording a series of uh, uh, advisory messages for people. Uh, how to cough Brilliant. and sneeze properly. How far you have to stay away from people. And the message yeah, in the yeah. end was, if the kids can do it, we can do it. And yeah, it was brilliant. brilliant. I really enjoyed Did it. Did you hear it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. How, what was the feedback on that like? Oh, people loved it. The amount of people yeah. who got in touch to say they heard it was, was fantastic. Brilliant. And uh, she loved it. She wants to hear herself. Then she got upset because it went out and she missed it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> She's just like her daddy. She loves hearing herself on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it's great to be able to just combine that um, yeah, bit yeah. of work with the kids. But that that was tough. Having to say, um, right, guys, daddy has to go do a bit of work. I'll chat to you later. And all I'm, mm. like, I'm upstairs, they're downstairs mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. mom. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, that, that's basically it. And you don't want to kind of shun them. You want to, you don't want to go, right, no, I can't play with you. But at yeah, the same yeah, time, yeah. you they have to kind understand. of go, exactly, of course they don't understand. But you have yeah. to go, right. I really have to go and do a bit of work now, mm, you mm. know. So um, that's been the toughest part for me. You know, for everyone that's going on about it and how difficult it's been, I mean, the thing that's that struck me is the kids are forgotten about in all of this. You know, they're so overlooked in all of this, whether it's young kids or whether it's the teenagers. You know, they haven't seen their friends. I had a client tell me this morning that her daughter has left the house once in the three months for fear of contracting it and giving it to her, her elderly grandmother. Mm. You know, and I, I even seen it with my son James. He's four, he's four and a half. And, you know, he was in crash before all this. And he had his best friend and he had Bobby and he had his little cousin Elliot and, you know, and he hasn't seen them. Yeah. You know, they were in one day, they're in school and then they're, they're gone. Yeah. And then they get home and then they go, oh, brilliant. You know, mommy's here all the time. Daddy's here all the time. What are they going to be adjusting to? Yeah. Oh, but I've had daddy here. I've had mommy here for the last three months. Yeah. You know, sometimes the kids might have experienced this, you know, if, if a, particularly the, the mother was on maternity leave. But in all likelihood, many, many parents haven't, I probably never spent this much time with, with their father. Very true. Ma- um, maybe daddy got two weeks paternity leave. Yeah, that's it. And kids need friends. Kids need other kids. I mean, you cannot be your child's friend. You know, you cannot join in that imaginary world as much as you'd like to. And kids learn from kids quicker than they learn from adults. So yeah, they need yeah. their friends. And I just think that 
What worries me is down the line, there will be a lot of OCD in kids because you're telling yeah. kids you have to wash your hands, you have to stand yeah, back, yeah, yeah. you're not allowed yeah. to hug granny or granddad, you can see them through the window. Like That's freaky. That is yeah. just, when you think yeah, about yeah, yeah. asking yeah. kids to do that, it's yeah. horrific. But yeah, I, I, I had a, a kind of moment of sadness with that as well. I remember doing some, I actually, I, I gave James a kiss on the cheek. He's like, daddy, germs. Yeah, I was like, no, buddy, it's okay, it's okay for me and you. Like, it's like, mm. you know, a four-year-old, this, this shouldn't be your world. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to deal with this. Yeah, you shouldn't have to worry. You know, you should be worried about what we worried about beforehand. We we'll go, okay, are we going to go to Nando's? We go to KFC. You know, <laughs> where, where are we going for a treat this yeah. week? It's like, yeah. can't go anywhere, buddy. Can't go to the playground. Yeah, can't. I, look, I went to look at um, the, the the zoo opened up. I was like, oh, I'll bring him to that. You know, because we, we've had this tradition over the last couple of years. We go and on the fridge, then we have a picture of the two of us for each year we've gone to the zoo. And I was oh, like, lovely. oh, yeah, yeah. shit, maybe That's we won't lovely. get to go this year. And he had said it to me, oh, we're going to go to the zoo, daddy. I said, well, when the virus goes, we, you know, hopefully we'll be able to go. Yeah, like there is a lot of sadness about it. My girl turned four and mm. she had a party with with me, her mom and her baby brother. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. for a four year old, birthday parties are everything. Absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Cake, birthday, no, of course they are. balloons, yeah, yeah. presents, everybody over, you know, and I think what she missed the most was having everybody over, you know. Yeah. The company. yeah. Well it was, yeah. It was it was my birthday during the during the lockdown and um like that I was like to James, I was like, Well, just be me and you, buddy. So it was literally just me and James just sitting yeah. there <laughs> eating sweets and eating cake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, my mother couldn't be there, family couldn't be there. No. It was just it was just me and him. My birthday, but his birthday party. <laughs> oh, of course. That's it. You wouldn't give a damn. It's just the child wants to have it for you. So you have yeah, it for yeah, them. Yeah. You have a bit of cake. You have a bit of fun. Balloons around or whatever. Sing happy birthday. Yeah. Candles. The yeah. whack. That's all they love. But of course, they can't have that. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see the parents, if they haven't already, you know, at the end of this, do something for your kids. Remember what they've had to go through in all of this. You know, the teenagers, the younger kids. Our, our brains work off experience and based on experience it makes predictions. We've never experienced anything like this. There's been nothing to hit the world like this since maybe World War II. Like. Mm. That's affected us so globally. So when you said we'd, we'd do the episode on the lockdown and, and I text you saying, like, you know, I was really struggling. I was like, what do I say? I've, I've, there's no frame of reference for this. You know, I can't say, well, you know, previous experience has shown this or research has shown that or stuff like that because we've never, we've never had anything like this. Mm. We've had, obviously, you know, Spanish flu and stuff like that, but that just wiped people out and that was the end of it. But what what we've had now with lockdown and it's so hard to see or imagine how life is going to be now. Mm. Will it change everything for forever or will, you know, by the middle of next year? I mean, I, I had a client say to me today, it's like, I can't fucking wait to be stuck in traffic going to work again. <laughs> you know, to, to get back to the way things were. But a few clients say that have gone... You know, I'll take the rush hour traffic, mm. you know, I'll take the commute just to get some semblance of, of normality back again. From what you're seeing uh, from your clients lately, what's the biggest issues they're presenting with in relation to lockdown? Mm. What what I'm seeing with uh, clients with anxiety is they've been pretty happy <laughs> over over the lockdown because they've been inside. There's nothing to trigger their anxiety mm-hmm. with some clients. There was the initial concern and anxiety around catching the virus and all of that, but you know they kept their social distance. The the um, 
you know, never left the house unless it was that once a week to do the to do the big shop and back straight back in. But now, you know, a few of them are saying like they're already predicting the anxiety that will be there as we return to to the world. Mm. People are are people going to social distance? Is it going to be spread? Is there going to be a second wave? Yeah. Um, because they have been very comfortable up until up until recently. If you have to self isolate for two weeks and you have to stay in the room with no kids. Netflix on TV, access to the internet. That sounds like heaven. <laughs> that sounds like heaven. <laughs> For how long? Two weeks it'll do. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah two weeks. Yeah, you take that. Yeah, like, oh, that was lovely now. All yeah. your meals at the door, all your drinks at the door. That's just, I'll just ring down to the wife. Come here, can you bring me up another cup of tea and a few bickies? Uh, I'm feeling asymptomatic. <laughs> uh, st- sticking your head to the radiator. Oh, I think I've got a temperature here. Oh, oh, that dry cough. Oh, I can't feel my toes. Because <laughs> I'm not feeling well. <laughs> One thing I wanted to talk to you about was you mentioned their, you know, frontline or essential staff. We've heard so much in the past number of months about these terms. But in your line of work, have you been considered mm. frontline or essential? Never. We're essential workers. We're still allowed to work. But no one, no one has mentioned, I've not, I've not seen anyone mention therapists that are still working. Everyone's going on about the shop workers. Everyone's going on rightfully, you know, about the shop workers, the nurses, the doctors. But who's managing their stress? Therapists are. Mm. You know, we're, we're there as well, but we're overlooked. And, and, and it's often the case, yeah. you know, in everyday life as well. A lot, most therapists I know are the first ones to devalue themselves. And to devalue the profession. I was amazed at the amount of therapists that stopped working. So remember there was the, like the week or two before official lockdown. Yeah. Y- you know, and many, so many of them pulled the trigger then. Now, whether they, they couldn't, you know, due to maybe a vulnerable person at home or something like that, but they couldn't all have. But so many of them just stopped Mm. But I've stayed working, my own therapist has stayed working, my supervisor has stayed working. IACP, which is the, the Irish Association of uh, Counselors and Psychotherapists, be one of the the, the bigger uh, kind of governing bodies. They were coming out and saying, like, you know, now more than ever is probably when your clients need you most. Absolutely, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't seen anyone, you know, kind of standing up and saying, oh, yeah, fair play to the, to the therapists mm. that are helping everyone that are going through all of this. You mentioned there uh, the medical professions, you know, the mm. nurses, the doctors, the carers mm. and that. Mm. I see them recently as soldiers going to war. You know, they've seen a lot of death, a lot of devastation, a lot of heartbreak, struggle. Mm. Will mm. they start to present with similar psychological issues as those who have served in war and conflict? Uh, you're talking, you're talking PTSD, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's hard to say, you know, it's, you know, whether they've been desensitized to it because to deal with death on on a, on a daily basis, but obviously nothing like what's what's been experienced. I think, you know, the, the stress levels will be through the roof. You know, I think that they're the ones, you know, really, really at the front line, literally facing death, literally ris- risking death for themselves. And, you know, people that are nurses or doctors and having to self-isolate in their own home or move out, stay mm-hmm. somewhere else for fear of infecting their own their own families. Like, you know, it, it boggles the mind. And then you get people then that just don't give a shit. 
there's no social distancing you know the they're having house parties they're saying oh it's all a load of bollocks it's you know it's just a conspiracy to control us all and um 5g blah 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 5g yeah, yeah. if i hear more than 5g for christ i see <laughs> i seen a thing today uh on, on facebook it was like oh here we are in new zealand they're still continuing to roll out 5g and yet we've no new coronavirus cases. <laughs> it's almost like it's not related. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, it's... I think they're doing a disservice to the people that that are literally risking their lives yeah, yeah. trying to help people. And the people that... Um, the people that have had to bury people, you know, people that have died, yeah. not just through the virus, but couldn't attend a funeral. I had a client yesterday and, and you know, she... Her, her, uh, present an issue has been grieved the whole time and she was talking about the family member that she lost and she and like this was last year or the year before and she was like you know i'm just grateful she said because my heart goes out to people that have lost someone during this time and they couldn't even attend the funeral they couldn't see the person they couldn't touch the yeah. person as they were dying yeah you know what what long-term ramifications is that going to have you know, the lack of closure for people and watching funerals on, on a webcam. And one one client lost his well lost his grandfather and I think there was two people at the at the graveside that literally dropped it in. Yeah. And they walked off. That was it. Lowered the coffin and, and they walked out. I know there's a lot of people out there that the last time they would have seen a loved one was dropping them off to the hospital because you're not allowed in, you're not allowed to visit, obviously yeah, there's yeah, yeah. restrictions. Um and then the next time they see them or maybe they don't get to see them, is at the funeral. And mm. I think as Irish people, we do we do a good funeral. We do. We, we do, do a, a good send-off. A good send-off you know, <laughs> and I think, ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> but, you know, we do it well, but I think we mm. do it well because we, um, we know that's what they would like. Mm. How is it going to affect people who are grieving now where they can't give people the send-off that they deserve? Yeah, there's there's no there's a lack of closure, you know, people that didn't get to say goodbye. And I and I've had this with with clients before all of this that never got to say goodbye to mm. um you know, someone that died and the lack of closure because of that and the um uh, the regret, the the anger toward not being allowed to say goodbye because they were deemed too young, you know, oh you shouldn't be seeing a dead body and but they were like, No, I wanted I want I needed that closure. I need to put that full stop on it for myself. And for the people that have been have been denied that, I mean, this is the thing: we don't know how that's going to affect them. Mm. We've, we've never had anything like this to be de- to, to be denied that and denied the send off. And I don't know, you know, it's it's sad. It's so sad. All of this is just so sad, you know, for the people that have suffered in it, and you know, trying to, I don't know, you just you just can't comprehend it. Yeah. Just can't comprehend around what's going on in the world at the moment. It seems like you're not allowed to grieve properly. You know, even if you were a friend of the person or a neighbor of the person, you mm. would still like to go to family members and shake their hands or hug yeah. them and tell yeah. them maybe a little story or an anecdote about mm. the person mm. that they might have never mm. heard before or things yeah. you would have done. Recently, there was a guy I worked with who passed away. And uh, I was shocked to hear of him passing, but um, it really hit me because although I I, I don't think I've, I've seen him for about 15 years, I still do things nowadays because he did them and I worked with him. 
Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. picked up little habits. And I still remember things he would have said to me. And simple things like eating sausage rolls on the way to work. <laughs> I'll still pull in and get a bag of sausage rolls and a cup of tea. Mm. And I'll enjoy mm. them on the way to work. Because he started me off doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But there's a sadness because I can't go to the family and offer them my condolences. And even give them a little anecdote like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you've, you've never experienced this before, you know. But to lose anyone and to be at the funeral and you hear those kind of stories, it's lovely to hear. Yeah. You're like, jeez, I, did, I didn't know that. Absolutely, Jesus. yeah. You know, and then this could have been about your, you know, your parent or a grandparent or yeah. someone like that, someone significant in your life, and you go, I never even knew that. Yeah. Small little thing. And it's a bit of comfort to the family, and it's a bit of comfort to you that you gave a bit of comfort to the family or that they know yeah, that... Yeah this person will always live on in the memory of other people. Mm, mm, you mm. know, so it's, as you say, we, we don't know how it's going to affect us. Yeah. Only had the conversation with a client last night talking who had lost a, who had lost a family member during all of this and, you know, the helplessness. It's just like, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. I was like, well, realistically, what could you do? Mm. Yeah. You know, and I said, with death, I mean, in reality, what, what do you do? You go up, you shake the hand, I'm sorry for your loss. That's about all you can do. Thanks very much. That's it, yeah. And next person, I'm sorry for your loss. Ah, yeah. thanks very much. Yeah. Ah, thanks for coming. Ah, great. Ah, ah lovely. Yeah, yeah. Come back now for a few sandwiches. Rather than yeah. a few sandwiches. You'll come back with us. And the poor folk who are shaking all these hands all day, they probably won't remember you because there's so no. many people there and they're in a dazed or in a different world altogether, yeah. you know. Um, but it yeah. means a lot that you at least made the effort to go. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know myself, and I'm sure every person has experienced it. That you go to a funeral and someone looks at you, oh, Jesus, oh, look, just thanks a million for coming. And I'm like, fucking no, Jesus, of course. like. Mm. Yeah. I think it's something we'll uh, we'll touch on as well in another podcast because death yeah. is a major impact on mental health, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, just going back to frontline workers for a sec, um, I remember hearing when the Twin Towers were attacked mm. and a lot of relationships broke up because the people who were affected directly by the Twin Towers, people who would have worked together, colleagues, mm. they couldn't relate to their partners anymore and their partners just didn't get them because they didn't go through the same trauma as they did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the relationships yeah. broke up and they would have forged relationships with people who were in similar situations to them. Trauma bonding. All right, that's a term. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. Will we see trauma bonding now, post-COVID? I don't know, because, you know, some some of the things I, I, I've been reading has been that while some couples have struggled, others have found themselves again. Okay. They've got to spend a bit of time to each other. You know, maybe, you know, they're not coming in from work. You know, you're coming in, you're bollocksed and... Someone wants to do something at the weekend, they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I have to do this tomorrow, i got one day off, and I have to do this shite. Mm. And, you know, so for some people, they're, you know, it's, the love has kind of grown within all of this, because what what COVID has, has done, and what what happens in, and we, and we spoke about it before, of, of the tribalism, is it creates an us and them. So... For all the negative impact of this, it, it has also created, um, well, we're in it together against this virus. Mm. And there has been, uh, you know, people can be friendlier or, you know, families are in it together or, or realizing how important human connection is. People may be reaching out to 
someone that they haven't spoke to, maybe it was an estranged family member or, or anyone, just to go, look, yeah. hey, look, I know, you know, I, ho- I hope you're okay. Um, just, just to check in. So I think, I, I, I and and it's in, the thing that struck me as well has been that you know we hear about while well, everyone's fucking baking now, <laughs> everyone's making sourdough. I couldn't buy eggs in Aldi for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's the same flour. Uh, I was the same. Yeah, I I asked your woman behind the counter there about it uh, a couple of days ago, and she was saying, mm. "Yeah, everybody's baking. Everybody yeah, baking, yeah. baking." But the, the interesting thing, and I think that has has entered in what Carl Jung calls the collective unconscious, is what's happened is we've regressed back. Once we, once we stepped off the, the 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 hamster wheel, people went back to baking. People went back to gardening. And and the thing that struck me after the recession was what did people start to doing? People started keeping allotments. Yeah. People started right. ups upscaling pallets. Yeah. You know there was this regression back to previous ways, simpler ways. And and I think. I think COVID has has kind of provided some of that then as well. I started baking something, and I'm a pretty decent cook, but I've I've never baked. Mm. But I started making scones. I started making cookies with James. I made bread. Got a Jamie Oliver fucking recipe. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because it's been shit. (laughs) And I followed that (laughs) recipe. He said, fuck, he said 45 minutes in the oven at 180. No fucking way. (laughs) Had it in for an hour today and it's still shit. (laughs) But who I I will give a shout out to is the Dough Bros down in Galway. Best pizza outside of Italy. And they put up a home homemade uh, pizza based recipe and it's fucking awesome unreal um and you know it's just it, it's amazing but to go back to, to go back to the original point but i also i st- i made the cookies i met scones and stuff like that and everyone was doing it and i remember <laughs> i was down outside aldi and i think also what this has done is has created an us versus them of people who've been staying on lockdown versus people who aren't giving a shit um, you know, I remember hearing something before I read something was if you want to control the population, you have them police themselves. And I think people have been have been doing that of noticing what people are doing. It's nearly kind of 1984, kind of keeping an eye on your neighbor and um, whether people have been reported or not, I don't know. But it's certainly it's it's been very difficult for some people. I had one client and she hadn't. I was literally the first person I think she'd seen in literally one month. She had suspected COVID, so she had to self-isolate for 14 days, and then she was 14 days waiting on the, on the results. Mm. I was literally the first person she had seen, and, and for a lot of people, I was the first person they had seen through, throughout some of this. And, you know, that client in particular, she's like, people are out, kids are out fucking playing, and uh, down in Tesco's, people are on social distancing, and she's like, I haven't literally fucking seen another person. In 29 days, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's people doing it and, and there's people not doing it. And I was outside Aldi one day, obviously the queue to get in, you know, as as was the thing now. We're mentioning and, a lot uh, of Aldi. I mean, they they have to give us at least a voucher or something. Like, come on, Have we mentioned Aldi? What else we say about Aldi? About their eggs or the lack thereof eggs. Oh, that was your, yeah, lack yeah. thereof. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I was standing outside and there was, there was an outlet there and he's going, Oh, and you're all of a fucking sudden now everyone's a baker and I've been fucking baking there for years. I'm like, 
I mean, would you would you begrudge fucking people trying to keep themselves sane? Like, <laughs> you know, like everybody, lad, stop, man, stop. Let the baker in. Let the baker yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, don't buy flour. <laughs> Just let this dude buy flour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Jesus yeah, I mean, what, why would you begrudge people that? I mean, what it would you know, people buying seven, eight bags or fucking 10 packs of yeast and you know all of that you know that, that's just greed but I mean for anyone mm. going in buying a bag of flour half a dozen of eggs pack of bacon powder or pack of, you know pack of yeast or something like that like people are just trying to stay fucking sane mm. no whatever way they can I was fucked because they redecorated my house last year I had nothing to do in the house <laughs> so I was like what am I going to do so I was like okay the garden going to do the garden couldn't get fence paint for two months and you know I couldn't get anything I was like just drive myself mad. Yeah, you know, yeah. Grass was never so short. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we were going for a walk, we tried to get out for a walk with the kids on a daily basis and we got a skip out the front, like a little skippy bag. So it wasn't exactly mm-hmm. like a, a skip, just a big bag that yeah. you dump your crap into. And the amount of times that my eldest would stop and go, look, daddy, a skip, a skip. <laughs> Every five or six houses had a skip yeah, out yeah, the front. Yeah, yeah. You know, so everyone <laughs> just decided right here, we're going to spring clean. We're going to get rid of all our, mm-hmm. all our crap out here. And I suppose it does give us a chance to kind of go, right, what do we need to do here? I think there's a big psychological element to that as well of, you know, that the, the, the internal and the external representing each other, you know, doing a, doing a clean out you know, physically and, and psychologically. Dump, dumping a lot of stuff, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And plus it's helped to manage a lot of people's anxiety. You know, with with the cleaning, you know, with the just throwing their energy in, trying to keep themselves busy. Yeah. I have um, an alternative inspirational quote. Oh, yeah. Clean hole, clean soul. <laughs> <laughs> Why, were you using cheap toilet paper? Or <laughs> Your house is your hole. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I would wait, call what, my house. What do you call my your home? Oh. <laughs> my home. Ooh, ooh, laddie, da, Mister Frenchman. Look at me. Ooh, I have a, I have a Look home. Look at me with the fucking notions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find that during tough days, you know, tough days of work or even crap weather where you can't do anything, go anywhere. The thing that gets me through it is going on a summer holiday. You know, uh, mm-hmm. or going mm-hmm. in the autumn. Except this year, when I should be getting the go-ahead from Rodriguez to go down a fucking water slide in Salou, <laughs> I'm getting the go-ahead from Paddy to go into Aldi. <laughs> We've nothing to look forward to. You know, we don't have any concerts. Uh, we mm. don't have any football matches to look forward to that we can go to. A lot of weddings have been cancelled. Mm-hmm. There's no 30th, 40th, 50th, 21st, whatever you go to. Anniversary mm-hmm. parties, get-togethers. There's nothing to look forward to. Yeah. That has a big impact on your mental health. Yeah, exactly. With that, you know, you're living for the holiday. You're on the countdown. Oh, Jesus, this time next week we'll be there. You know, you you give it all of that. I mean, for myself, I was supposed to go to Portugal. Um, It's something we do every year, play golf. Usually, you know, started off as for my 40th birthday. That was cancelled. Supposed to bring James to his first ever gig. Supposed to bring him to see Dermot Kennedy in uh, St. Anne's Park. That was cancelled. You know, and like you said, there's there's nothing on the horizon of, well, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? You know, and that, that where's the hope? Where's the hope and all of that? And I think there's maybe some semblance of hope starting to come back now with lockdown kind of ending a little bit. Uh, hopefully people just don't go and fuck it up and, 
you know, we're, we're locked down again and, you know, just, just be smart mm. within all of this. Consider everyone, you know, I've been saying to clients, just, yeah. just disregard the summer. This is going back to March. This is going back to April. Going, yeah. No, no, this, this is not going anywhere anytime soon. You just, just consider that your summer is, your summer is gone. Yeah. You're not going down your water slide. Yeah. Fucking Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> Power tripping. You go. <laughs> you go. You go. Hey, wait. Senor, senor, wait. senor. Estoy, pro- estoy próximo, senor. Estoy próximo. Look at you, Mr. <laughs> fucking bilingual there. Fucking, you're like fucking Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Nothing else we fucking doing. I may as well learn something. Jesus Christ. If I come out Look at you there with your fucking self-improvement. Huh? <laughs> you're talking I? about me with me notions. <laughs> <laughs> fucking learning another language. How huh? dare you improve Jesus. yourself. Do you, you not get, have Netflix, no? <laughs> you get back to dirt with the rest of us. <laughs> Jesus. Those fucking mojitos, por favor. That, that should be the extent of it. <laughs> Dos cervezas, senor, por favor. I don't know, man, you lost me. <laughs> ah, me encanta cerveza. Tú no beben cerveza. Yo beben Jack, you cerveza. What the fuck, like? You don't drink beer, I drink beer. Yeah, I don't drink beer. No, no you don't drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a message from some, some Spanish person now going, nah, that guy didn't have a fucking clue. No, we, 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 had, we, had a, we had a listener from Spain. I checked the stats and I know exactly who that is. That's a friend of mine. I would nearly put money on it. <laughs> so Ida, if you're listening to this one, you can tell P everything he said that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and I hope you're safe. I hope hold you're on, safe in Madrid. Hold on for a second. Another woman to tell me I'm always wrong? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine you're used to it by now, P. <laughs> Right, let's get a bit more serious, okay? Mm. Um, mm. A lot of people will be questioning the government after all this. You know, we're going to dissect the mm. decisions that are been made. And mm. uh, there may be a lot of mistrust from bad decision making, uh, you know, from not closing the airports quicker to not going to mm. lockdown quicker to allowing horse racing to resume quicker than cancer screening. Mm. That has to affect our trust in our leaders. Again, I think this is the this is the us or them. You know, I I seen some comments. You mentioned the horse racing there. Uh, I have a, I have a client that works in works in the industry, and you know, jockeys are getting changed in their car. They're not in the dressing room. They get changed in their car. They jump on the horse. They jump off. Now, I'm I'm by no means, you know, um, you know, saying that it's right, but and and I'm not. You know, excusing the the elitism of the sport, but a lot of jobs are created in the horse racing industry. Uh, a lot of people have been, you know, unemployed. A lot of people, but and the reality is, horses still need to be fed. Horses still need to be rode out. But this is this is what happens with the with the us or them. You know, I seen I seen a lot of comments um, around the golf clubs opening up, tennis clubs back opening back up, and people are going, oh yeah, all the fucking money, all the elitism. It's like they're socially distant sports. Tennis, you're standing one end of a court. If 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 most people, the majority of people playing golf, like me and my friends, is like he's gone left, I'm going right. One lad's going up the middle, <laughs> you know, and never the fucking twain shall meet. You know, they're socially distant sports. It's not like soccer. You're not rubbing off against each other. It's not like rugby. Cancer screening, you know, hospitals. If you can't socially distance then that just needs to be considered but this this us and them oh yeah you can do that but we can't do that or people wanting hairdressers to open up and uh, people wanting the shops to open up go oh do you not fucking care people are dying they're not exclusive i can still want a haircut and care about people dying you know and people are being shamed for it and it's like i'm allowed to want a holiday 
I'm allowed to to want to go and see my friend get married. It doesn't mean I don't care that people are dying. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be socially irresponsible. It doesn't have to be us against them. But the, but the shame that people are putting because you want a haircut, because yeah. you may go into the cinema, because you, you wanted to go on holiday. It doesn't. You don't have to miss those things and not care that people are sick. You That's can still a great be socially point. responsible. I mean, you mentioned it in, I think it was the first episode, and something that really resonated with me was there's no hierarchy of suffering. Mm. You know, mm. there is no, well, they're worse off than you, so you shut up. Like, mm-hmm. And this, mm. I suppose, is part of our repressed culture. You know, because you're always, oh, there's always somebody worse off than you. Yeah, so, yeah, no, quisht, yeah. say nothing. But, yeah, as you say, yeah. we're allowed to. Yeah. And if we if we don't talk about this, we're being, we're being shushed. If we don't yeah. talk about this, then it's going to manifest, I presume. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I put a video up, before we started on the podcast, I put a video up on the Kildare Psychotherapy Facebook page around toxic positivity. Just stay positive, folks. You know, we, we, we get through this fucking people smiling through clenched teeth. No, I was like, no, it's okay to admit this is shit. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to pretend otherwise. And and, and studies have shown that when you repress emotions, it, it actually affects you physically. Yeah. So when, when you deny how you're feeling because you're trying to stay positive, when in the reality of, well, actually, you know what, lads? This is fucking shit. Haven't seen my friends, haven't seen my family, haven't been able to go on holidays. All the things that made life enjoyable have been taken away. And yes, we might find new things to appreciate, but we don't need to be shamed for it. Mm. We get notifications every day, I'm sure, like most people, of how many have died from COVID and how many have contracted COVID. But can you imagine if we were to get notifications for those who have passed because they missed appointments, screenings, or those who missed their regular checkups, the operation to get that lump removed was cancelled, no chemo services, are people who've lost their lives to suicide, which have been brought on by COVID-19 and lockdown. Are we headed for a depressed state? Well, I think so. I mean, and, and I mean, the recession that's going to hit uh, after this as well. Um, what's that thing? A, a recession is when your neighbour loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. Um, I, think, I think the fallout from this is going to be... If you take people that have been possibly you know, drinking within all that time or having a few more cans or having a few more drinks every day. That's a long time. That's two, three months to develop a habit and that, that leads to addiction. Mm. Um, there was something like like a shocking statistic of six million a day during lockdown spent on drink. Six million a day. What's going to come out of that? Domestic violence is, is, has is increased. Um... You know, I, uh, I I was speaking to someone that works in works in that field, and you know the courts have been out the fucking door trying to get emergency barred orders and safety orders and stuff like that. You know what what this is going to lead to? We we we, we just don't know. There was um, the Women's Aid, the, the charity for for domestic violence. They had said that they had more than four thousand calls since March, up forty percent calls around domestic violence. And a 75% increase in the traffic to their website. Like that's that's people, you know, locked up with an abusive partner. Stress of people not working, financial stress mm-hmm. um, taking its toll. That's going to increase the risk of violence. 
you know, it's just we just don't know. We just don't know where this is going to go. Like mm. what what impact it's going to have, what's going to be the long term implications. As I said that you know, the likes of of drinking. You know, and I I've seen I've you know, I, I see people on, on, on Facebook and like eleven o'clock having having the cure as they call it. Like you know what I mean? It's like you're a fucking alcoholic man. Like like what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, generally, you know, and that common, the common thing that that people generally say, oh, it takes twenty one days to form a habit, or you know, twenty one days, twenty eight days to kind of kick a habit, and what what that's accounting for is is the kind of rewiring in your brain, new neuron, more neural connections being formed. If you've got people that have been drinking the majority of this time every day, having a few cans or a few glasses of wine or a few glasses of gin, mm. that's a long time, mm. and there's a real possibility of of, of habits developing developing as a result of that dysfunctional coping mechanisms yeah and boredom as well online gambling boredom, yeah um yeah. you know your your blackjacks online and your your card games and your poker and this kind of stuff yeah pure yeah. boredom people losing yeah. a lot of money out there as well you know um and alone that deals with the, that deals with the elderly um they had received something like twenty two thousand calls uh, since march 80% of older people who called alone helpline in the last week are living alone. For us that are healthy, that you can go to the shop, you can you can go to Aldi, if that, the younger ones that can, but the older people that are cocooning, you know, and the impact on them and, and the financial, uh, you know, the, the effect on, on, on older people's health, who never really get considered when we think about mental health. Yeah. They, they tend to get lost in, in all of that. Yeah, um, and the financial difficulties and the stress and the anxiety that they're facing, people on their own, people that literally haven't seen their their family and or a family member in months, maybe the, I think on post did something didn't they about the postman kind of checking in on people and the guardy right. were yeah. kind of doing shopping and, you know, so in in all the badness in this, you know, some good people have stepped up. Yeah, you know, like that, it's 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 reinforced our sense of community in a lot of places. You mentioned the skip earlier. Uh, myself and and three, three or four of the neighbours there, we we chipped in and we all got a big skip. And we all cleaned out our sheds, and that's something we never did. I've been living beside them for ten years. Mm. You know, so little things like that of that that piece that we're all in it together. Yeah, it's us against this this virus. You know, that hope that that we can defeat it. That hope that you know we we can get through it. So for for all of the the negative stuff, there is some hope and some good that that can come out of this. And whether that's just realizing the importance of maintaining social connections, whether that's the postman going back to check in on elderly, you know, people on his route, whether it's the guardie, um, and let's not forget them in this. You know, we mentioned frontline workers. You know, you talk about nurses, doctors, shop people. You know, the cops, the shit that they had to go through and all of this. Yeah. You know, people fucking spitting on them. And, you know, I, I have a couple of friends that are guards and I was like, Jesus, man, just give me your badge and your baton for a day. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take it. You yeah. know, being spat at and, you know, that clown, what's her name? Oh. Fucking Gemma Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair play to those guards, you know, because, I mean, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a patient dude, but. That that one now would <laughs> she would push my buttons, and you know, the, the, and, but it, what it highlights, and you know, and I hear the stories from my friends. What it highlights is what what the guards go through on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know the abuse that they take, and and I think it's been good that people have seen 
and and the majority of comments are fair play to them. You know that the yeah, guards are right. themselves I'm just well say in that this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not this. Oh, you're fucking impeding my rights. Uh, you know, you can't do this. Da, 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 da. Fuck yeah. off. This is a dude trying to do his fucking job. Yeah, I think they've been forgotten in it as well, and you know so. Fair play to the boys as well as my friend. <laughs> I have a friend as a detective and he says, well, well, I provide the blanket of uh, security you sleep under. <laughs> like, no, you fucking don't, buddy. <laughs> the boys that are on the front line do. <laughs> so I think, they, I think they've been forgotten about, but mm. it, uh, it has created a sense of community and all that. I, I, actually, what I'd love to hear is, I'd love to hear from, from people to, to get in contact with us and, and maybe tell us some of the, the, the good things Absolutely, that have come yeah. about from from lockdown. We know all the bad shit. Yeah, the fucking papers, the websites, uh, the the Facebook pages—they're yeah. filled with the bad shit every day. So for for anyone that you know, give give us some positivity. And it's not smiling through clenched teeth. It's like we know the bad shit. Mm. But but let's look at what maybe people have realised in this. What what what's good come out of it? What good come out of it here? We started a podcast. Yeah, I started the videos out of people giving bad advice. Out of that. You know, you you asked me about doing the podcast. We created a podcast. Absolutely. We're reaching a lot of people. Yeah. Let's put all the bad shit behind us right now and talk about the positivity behind mm. lockdown, the positivity behind COVID and what lessons we can learn. So for you, what have the positives been for you? Um, like I said, not really not much has changed me because I've been I've been working I've been working throughout the whole lot. Obviously work is way down, but uh, for me, I, I've just been grateful that I have been able to work. You know, that um, I can still pay the bills, you know, keep the head above water. Um, but I think the biggest positive for me is probably is starting this. You know, I reconnected, reconnected with my friend. You know, we haven't seen each other in literally years. Yeah. Um, we, we've put this out there. The, the, the response has been incredible so far. So many kind words. Everyone telling us how badly it's needed. Um, so I think for me... First thing that comes to mind, obviously, as as we're doing this, is 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 the podcast, mm. um, and you know, I just I just hope people realize what's important in life. Human connection is important. Human touch is important. Um, you know, people won't be fucking underestimating the hug with with their loved ones that they haven't yeah. seen. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my 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 daughter had to come home from England. There, uh, I had to have a mask. You know, mask on just just to hug her. Yeah, you know, and you know, just to have that and and to hold that hug just that little bit longer. Yeah. Um. Of of what's important. How about you? What's what's been what's been a positive for you throughout all of this? Um, exactly what you were saying there about human contact. The mm-hmm. small little things like the the handshakes, the pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, somebody calls over for a cup of tea. You know, your your ma or your dad or whatever, or just just the hugs. You know. Yeah. The quick hugs, the the handshakes when you meet your mates, um, mm. you know your friends. You throw your arms around them, even just your arm around them. You know that that pat on the back. I I completely underestimated human touch. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like if somebody said, "Oh, you, you can't shake hands around," like yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. after a while, it does kind of it does resonate with you. Hold on for a second, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. missing something here. You know, it's like going for a meal and just eating chips. You know, there's something missing. You know what I mean? I'm still yeah, hungry yeah. for something here. You yeah. know, I will never, ever underestimate anything like that ever again. You know, and just being in the yeah. company of somebody, you know, mm. I know I can ring whoever I want 
whenever I want, ah, within reason, <laughs> not at four o'clock yeah. in the morning, because uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the time when somebody's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the dying <laughs> or, hour. <laughs> or better be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's dead? Who died? Who died? <laughs> oh, jeez, the phone's ringing at four o'clock. Someone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I know that I can, I can call anybody, I can talk to anybody, but just the whole being in the same room as somebody, you know, that uh, the bond mm-hmm. you have with somebody when you're, you're chatting, you're having a conversation, you have a, a bit of crack or mm-hmm. um, just anything like that. But for me, definitely, it, it's been the kids, you know, getting to spend more time with the kids because um, I uh, I work an hour and 15 minutes away. So they're on backs two and a half hours a day in the car, mm-hmm. you know, missing that time with the kids. Um, just that little space between picking them up from crash, bringing them home and then... Uh, dropping them at crash and bringing them home. That time you get to spend, you know, you're making dinner and all this kind of stuff. And thankfully, I work two days a week from home. Anyways, mm, mm, so, mm. you know, I get to spend more time with them. But just to see them growing, and I know yeah, it sounds bizarre, yeah. like we're only at home since <laughs> March and it's now June, mm. but mm. they've grown so much. Kids and change a lot in that, in that amount of time, man. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you look at your kids and you go, oh, you're not the baby anymore. You're You're mm, the wobbler. Mm. Oh, sh- <laughs> you're not the wobbler anymore. You're the toddler. You're not the, the toddler, toddler. You're the yeah. preschooler. And mm. you, you don't get to a date where you go, okay, next Saturday, they're going to turn from this to this. Mm. It's just one of those eureka moments where you go, oh, shit, you're, the baby's gone. Yeah, the baby's yeah, not yeah. coming back. And I'm never going yeah. to get that time with them again. And that's why for me, when I got that text message to say, we'll be coming back to work soon, mm. I kind of got a fright and went, oh, shit, I don't know if I want this now. Mm-hmm. Because... It's going to be the end of an era for me, yeah, and we'll yeah. never get this time back again. We never will. Yeah. And in a way, we don't want to be locked down again. But in another mm-hmm. way, there was something lovely about it. We could reconnect with everybody. You know, we could just get to know each other more, you know. And like we started making the scrapbook of things we've done during COVID, during lockdown, uh, getting pictures together, because I hope that. My youngest will never remember this, mm-hmm. but my eldest will. But I hope when she looks back, she'll remember it as a weekend, not a season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. What a statement. That's brilliant. But for me, it's, yeah, look, it's, it's the kids. And obviously, you get to spend more time with my wife as well. And, um, you know. <laughs> and good job you mentioned Laura. <laughs> yes, yes. I have to shoehorn her name in there or I'll be in trouble. <laughs> oh, and rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as you said as well, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for relationships. If you're struggling, get that spark back. You know, get to mm-hmm. know each other mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that song um, for the first time. mm where it's about, you know, a guy who loses his job and he's on the dole, the wife's on the dole and they're at each other's throats. Times are hard, but they go back to drinking cheap wine. They go back to sitting up, talking all night and they've reconnected with each other. I think mm. we're going to find a lot of relationships out there that will will reconnect. And that's mm. that was your opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I didn't... <laughs> I thought Leo's delivery of it was very cheesy, but when he quoted Dermot Kennedy, um, some summer night, I hope I'll see you again to all my friends, you know, from, from that line. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was nearly smugly grinning as he delivered the line of going, did you get it? Did you get, did you get my cool reference? Um, did he deliver yeah. a, did he deliver a line from Lord of the Rings last time or something I didn't oh. hear what it was but I think a few memes <laughs> where he was uh, uh, photoshopped onto a hobbit <laughs> <laughs> 
he said a wise man once said and you're going who is this was this Yates was this Beckett no (laughs) (laughs) surely Yates and Beckett said something that we should quote maybe possibly yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah I think I think the importance is we just connect as humans and we realize oh actually you know what human connection is important and to all of this whether it's you know people doing zoom quizzes doing skype calls it's all about still trying to connect yeah yeah we need people. to interface with people yeah and I, I really do hope people look at their work-life balance more mm. and go mm. look i need to be home with the kids more i can't just live for the weekends and drop the child off collect the child and put them to bed um mm. you know because um at the end of the day look fuck it if you're on 50 60,000 a year is it really worth it are you going to lie in your deathbed and go yeah, yeah you yeah. know I, I was happy i earned all that money and spent so much mm. time in the car no. or so much time on the fucking train no, never do no and you know what, what i would hear in clients and, uh, and i'll ask them in the first session um you know any significant events from childhood you know, they'll use, use you and they'll say, oh, what, what do you mean by like that? And, you know, were your parents together? Was any addictions in the family? Anything like that? No, no, no. Just no, we got everything we wanted. And that, for me, straight away mm. is a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. got what you wanted. Oh, yeah, Christmas's birthdays. We got everything we wanted. And I'll say, did you get what you needed? And they'll kind of look at me with a, you know, bewildered kind of look. And oh, what do you mean by that? Did you feel loved? Were you told you were loved? Were you held? Did your parents go to your games? Did your parents bring you training? Um, did you feel important? Uh, did you feel nurtured? Did you feel cared for? No. No, I didn't have any of that. Oh, so you got what you wanted, but you didn't get what you needed. And I hope in all of this that people realise what they yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. And what they need is they need people. And because they won't be. And the amount of times, you know, I've, I've had clients say to me, oh yeah, we got all of that. But I just wanted my dad to go to one of my matches. Yeah. You know, and the father thing, you know, and it is that particularly male um, response of, well, I'm the breadwinner and I, I'm working all these hours to, to give you all of this or to give you all of that. Yeah. And what people realise and what I hear from the adults is that's not what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted, they didn't want presents, like Christmas presents, birthday presents. They wanted the presence of the parent. Brilliant. Because that's what they need. Yeah. And what we need as humans is we need the presence of other humans. We're social creatures. Our brain literally develops in response to yeah. our human contact and human relationships. Um, some of the best memories I have of our holidays when I was younger were silly things, funny <laughs> things, not necessarily where we were but what happened mm. you know mm. the 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 funny occasions one of my best holidays with my family was in a caravan in Galway mm. you know it's just it wasn't Disneyland mm. not that we were brought to Disneyland man and dad thanks very much <laughs> but it wasn't your uh, your foreign holidays it wasn't you know going across America or going to Dubai or whatever mm. it was a caravan in Galway because we had just so much crack it was brilliant. And that's what you remember. You remember the good times. But it just goes to show you, as you say, it's um, it's the presence. Yeah. Presence of and the it's, parents. And it's, it's like what, what you realise about life. 
you know, this is me showing, showing my age and showing the profession perhaps. But what you realise in life is that life is all about the little moments. It's actually the little things that are the big things. Those little nuances that, that make a moment special. Mm. Not It's not about the location. It's not about how much you've spent. Yeah. But it's about the memory. And usually what you remember, trivial little things. Yeah. Small little things of, oh, you remember we, oh, I remember we stood on top of that mountain and we were looking out over the sea. You remember we had that burger and in that little place. Do you remember we were sitting there and the sun was beating down and two of us were just sitting there having a drink? You have it's a very little... You have a very romantic memory there or something because... Oh, man, I'm fine. I know, I'm, I know for a fact I, that if I asked my kids, what was your favourite memory? It was, oh, uh, when a bird shot on daddy's head. Yeah, because <laughs> it was funny. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 the little, it's the little moments. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm a pure romantic. Like, I mean, my favourite book is The Great Gatsby. Like, I'm, I'm just a fucking hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'm probably hopeless at romance. <laughs> I'm very romantic. I'm actually very romantic. Um, but it is those little moments. Mm, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. If if we don't remember too much of the bad stuff, well, hopefully what you'll remember is, what the kids remember is, oh, remember we painted them rocks, Daddy? Yeah. Remember that time you, you, you make the buns? Or remember that time, you know, those little things? Remember the time we played bubbles in the garden? I hear it from adult clients. They don't remember the big expensive gifts. They remember the little things. They don't remember what they got for Christmas, but they do remember mammy or daddy didn't go to their game. Yeah. They do remember spending time with the parents. They don't remember what they got for Christmas. They don't remember what they got for their birthdays. Very true. And when you ask them, would you compare? Like if you were given that that Christmas present or that birthday present that you always wanted, or your mammy or your daddy going to your football game, which would you take? My daddy at the football game. Because it's all, and what's what's the important thing about that is that human connection. Yeah, it's the human part of it. It's not the materialism. It's not the, it's not the the, the money spent on gifts. That's not what gets remembered. So hopefully, in the back of all this, you know, we'll have a chance as a, a community, as a society, as a world, to be able to look at mm. ourselves and go, look, these are the important things. These are the things yeah. that matter, and in a bit of a way. COVID has taught us a lot of lessons. And if we come out of this learning nothing, then we bigger problems than we thought. My fear is that after a few weeks, after a few months, everything just goes back to the way it was. Mm. And, you know, hopefully, yeah, we can get back to normality and you can go to the shop and pop into someone and you don't have to queue or, you know, little things like that. Yeah. But that we do remember, actually, remember how good it was to get that hope because the I mean, the great thing about the human brain is how quickly it adapts. Yeah. You know, we can adapt to any environment. And that's that's what made humans top of the food chain. We've adapted to, to environments. We've, you know, been able to build things in cold landscapes. We've survived. People can live in the desert. We adapt. Mm. And I just hope that we don't adapt too much or forget too much and just yeah. go back to everything that it was. And we forget what we wanted at those times. Mm, everything that was important yeah 
there you go that was straight talking coming out of covid and coming out of lockdown we hope you like what you heard if so give us a rating subscribe leave a comment or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast then by all means share it with them on your social media pages it could make a big big difference in their lives we'd love to hear from you of course if there's anything you want us to cover or discuss or if you have a story to tell we would love to hear from you get in touch by email straight talking podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at str8 talking pod we're on facebook we're on instagram as well you can follow the hashtag stmh big shout out to fiona Bryan for the podcast music this dude is an amazing producer and beat maker catch him on facebook at fob beats but if you're a singer rapper or whatever get in touch with him on facebook a special shout out as well to uh i know i'm gonna make a balls of this without a doubt because i don't know how to pronounce it but i think it's maybe something like hi-fi ld or something like that h-y-p-h-y ld uh who was our very first follower on podbean um so hey. big thanks big thanks to her um and uh, everyone else that has followed us on podbean on facebook everywhere and thank you again to everybody for the positive comments it's uh, i i've been i've been blown away by it i, I didn't think we were going to get any kind of reception like we have um the, the followers are just going up and up and up on on the page on on facebook and on, on twitter and stuff like that and it's Probably going back to what everyone, what so many people have said to us that, you know, this is really needed, particularly at this at this time. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad we've been able to to provide that for people. And the thing that, that struck me as well is that, you know, people uh, contacted me about, about my story on the first episode saying, oh my God, what an amazing story. You're amazing. You're a hero. And I'm like, get the fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just... I don't know if it's amazing, but it's 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 my story. But you know, I, I really appreciate the uh, I really appreciate the kind words, and I'm glad that between yourself and yourself, P, that we've been able to give people something that they can find some interest in. I think because we're interested, we're we're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because we love doing it, we enjoy doing it, and and, and I think that seems to that seems to be carrying through to 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 the audience and to the listeners. When you you get the response from people saying, you know, we need this. And mm. we fully support this. And fair play to you for doing this. Um, we're doing it because it's needed. And I think yeah. we all need it. We're going to be covering so many topics down the line. And as well as that, if there's anything anybody wants us to discuss, or if you've got a story to tell, you want to talk to us mm. about it, then by all means, mm. get in touch. You want to just send us an email and tell us about your story. You want to come on and tell us about how mental health affects your life and uh, what you've done to overcome it. We all have our own story. Mm. And we all have our own way of... Uh, coping so by all means get in touch with us over to you dude i'm going to leave the last word with you give us uh, an alternative inspirational quote normally my inspirational quotes are <laughs> un- uninspirational um but but i think for this and um, what i hope people will take away from lockdown and what will carry forward is to remember that really the little things are actually the big things Mental health. Yeah. Street talk. Mental health.